Hello, everyone. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. You're listening to the Financials Edition taped today on Monday, May 8th, 2017. My name is Gabby LaPera, and joining me in the studio is Michael Douglas, analyst, colleague, somewhat benevolent overlord. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you put it that way. (laughs) Uh, Michael Douglas, how's it going? Uh, It's great. I'm uh, a little bit sleep deprived after uh, the Berkshire Hathaway meeting, but uh, that's kind of par for the course. Oh, you hinting at what we're going to talk about. I know. What look, a look, look, subtle transition. Yeah, look at me not bearing the lead at all. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, listeners, as you might have guessed, we're going to talk about the biggest thing in financials that happens every year, which is the Berkshire Hathaway Conference Woodstock for Capitalists. Woo! Um, I'm also really excited to have someone in the studio with me. No offense to John and Jordan and all those cool kids, but it, it is really nice to actually see someone's facial expression <laughs> as I talk to them. Yes. <laughs> know that my jokes have landed. I just assume that they have one. Or, or not as the case may be. I mean, you know, we all That's true. we all swing and miss, but That's true. You know. since I can't see them, I just assume they're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um but yeah, Berkshire Berkshire Hathaway. Um let's talk about let's you know what we should do? We should start with talking about what how is Berkshire Hathaway doing? What did Warren Buffett have to say about his company? Sure. Well, and let's start maybe even like one step further back and just what is Berkshire Hathaway? Oh, so, fair um, enough. At its core, Berkshire Hathaway is uh, an insurance business. Um, and so, um, the way insurers make their money is sort of two ways. You know, they they write a policy, you pay a premium, they pay out if you get into an accident. Um, and the idea. Uh, a lot of insurers make their money. They actually lose a little bit on the policies, but they then make it back with investments. Um, Berkshire Hathaway actually makes money on the policies and then makes more in investments. So it takes the float. So that's money that they've received that uh, in premium income that they haven't paid out yet um, in uh, in in damages. And they invest that. And Berkshire invests kind of two ways, um, either in the stock market and then also in wholly owned businesses. And so Berkshire owns a lot of brands that you don't really associate with insurance, things like Brooks Running, uh, things like Fruit of the Loom, things like BNSF Railroad, um, Uh, business wire, uh, all real, sorts real, of things. Yeah, there, there could be a lot. A finger in so many pies, you don't even know about the pies. Legitimately, and you know, I'm a I'm a Berkshire Hathaway shareholder. You know, I've been reading the annual letters for a few years. I've gone twice, and when I walked around the exhibition hall on Friday, I was like, oh, I didn't realize they own those guys too. Um, so it's sort of like a constant thing uh, when you, uh, if you're dealing with Buffett and Berkshire, there's just always something more than you're expecting. Definitely. And listeners who are interested in learning more about how insurance companies work, we're actually going to do a show on insurers, I believe, in late May or early June. So get excited about that. Um, Because I I can already think of so many wonderful questions that people might have to ask. And in fact, if you have a question about insurance companies, please email us at industryfocus at fool.com and we'll see if we can answer it on that episode. Anyway, now that I'm done pitching myself, right? Well, and and so and so now to circle back to your actual question, yes, um, Berkshire Hathaway in general doing pretty well. Uh, for listeners who don't know, the Berkshire Hathaway insurance businesses include Geico, General Re, which is a reinsurance business. Um, anything else that I'm forgetting? I think those are the big two. Those are the big two insurance businesses. They they, they just acquired another one, but it, it, those are the big the big guns in that arsenal. Yeah, and in general they. It sounds like they're doing pretty well, mm-hmm. but um, one of the things that I know that uh, Warren Buffett mentioned is that they have a lot of money right now, and they're mm-hmm. not 100% sure how to invest the float 
what's going on? Yeah, so uh, one of the problems that a uh, company, when you get to the size of Berkshire Hathaway, which has a market cap somewhere around $400 billion, um, and you are writing so much insurance business, and you have a lot of float, and you have a lot of cash uh, just sitting there, um, you it becomes difficult to, to make acquisitions that are actually going to move the needle. So if you think about it, if you've got a million dollar business, if you find $100,000, that's a 10, you know, another $100,000 a year business, that's a 10% gain. If you're in a $100 billion business, $100,000 does not matter. Um, and so that's been kind of their issue is that they, they really need to do big transformative acquisitions and it's difficult for them to find it. Uh, find them, and particularly, I would say, at a good value. You know, you look at the stock market; it's been on a bull run for a long time. I think one of their struggles probably is that they're not able to get necessarily good businesses at a good price or at a fair price, but prices are so inflated. Um, and so, uh, what they've basically said is, um, we're going to try to invest this money. If we're not able to, um, we will consider raising the floor for share buybacks, um, and you know, start buying back Berkshire. Shares, if that's sort of the best use of the money, um, and they even hinted at possibly instituting a dividend at some point. Uh, I mean, don't <laughs> don't you know? Don't read too much into that. And historically, Warren Buffett has been really against dividends because he's like, I'm going to keep your money, and I'm going to spend it making you more money as opposed to just paying it back to you and doing nothing accretive to the business. Exactly right. Um, and you mentioned also they might uh, increase the threshold for mm-hmm. when they'll do share buybacks. Um, historically, he says he said that I think it was below. I want to say one and a half. One point two five. One point two five book. Then it was worth him buying back shares of Berkshire Hathaway, but they might raise the floor a little bit, so maybe it will be one and a half or one point seven five for them to start buying back shares because they just can't think of anything else to do mm-hmm. with their huge amount of money. Right. It's kind of a nice problem to have, I guess. Yes. As <laughs> as those problems go. Yeah, but one of the things that he you talked about a little bit is that. Um, they have to go for these really big transformative businesses. So one of the things that they don't really do is buy into startups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think there are probably two reasons for that. Um, so one is that you know a startup often takes a while to kind of start moving the needle. Um, you know, not everything becomes a Facebook overnight. Almost nothing becomes a Facebook overnight. Facebook didn't become Facebook overnight. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing is that you know Buffett, um, for better or for worse, his his stance has always been kind of a, a more value investor kind of way of looking at things. So he's looking for proven businesses. Startups are by definition not proven businesses. And in fact, they're often trying to disrupt proven businesses. And so he's I, I think that's probably another of the sort of hiccups for him is that he's kind of tending to look for um, stuff where he can look at the cash flow and be like, yeah, that's a good uh, value for us as opposed to something small and speculative. And I think another little bit of it is that he only likes to invest in businesses that he understands mm-hmm. and by their nature startups are hard to understand frequently like what they will actually do and and you know that's why he's been shy about tech generally speaking um, you know and it's not necessarily because he's opposed to tech or thinks that tech isn't important it's just that he and Munger don't think they have any advantage in evaluating tech and if they have you know other businesses where they can sort of understand them better than anybody else can well they're going to go ahead and try to take take advantage of market inefficiencies there as opposed to in a tech space where they're throwing darts at a dartboard as much as anybody else yeah that's why it was kind of a big deal when he invested in IBM mm-hmm. um, cuz people were like oh um, and I, I think that you said something about him talking about Amazon and Google mm-hmm. at Berkshire Hathaway yeah well and so it's interesting actually because they've basically admitted mea culpa on on IBM and have sold a, a third of their share um, and um, he 
he's been he's long been a fan of Jeff Bezos. Um, last year he brought him up too, and probably in past years as well. Um, and he's basically just said on on both Amazon and Google or, or on Alphabet, we missed the boat. Um, we should have invested uh, sooner, but you know we can't identify everything. Um, you know, Berkshire also owns Apple shares. Um, Although they view it as more consumer goods uh, kind of brand play as opposed to a tech company, and you know, with the iPhone and all the kind of brand strength there, fair enough. Yeah, definitely. Um, a couple things that I always like to mention whenever we talk about Berkshire Hathaway. Um, one, most importantly, you shouldn't buy things just because Warren Buffett buys things. Um, a, you don't know exactly what he owns. B, you don't know exactly why he owns things. Sometimes he talks about it, but like mm-hmm. for example. Um, when he bought ExxonMobil, everyone was like, huh? And it turns out that he just thought it was a better investment than having his cash sit around in cash. He was like, this does marginally better than a savings account, so I'm going to buy ExxonMobil. That's not a great reason to buy a business if you're an individual investor. Right. Um, the other thing is is Warren Buffett's really big on um, index funds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, um, this year's... or I. The, the 2016 shareholder letter, which was released a couple months ago, uh, basically was... You know, there was a whole section devoted just to Jack Bogle, and Jack Bogle actually came and attended. Uh, oh, can the you tell meeting. listeners who Jack Bogle oh, is? Jack Bogle is the founder of Vanguard, um, and so he was the guy who, who pioneered. we all have a huge crush on. <laughs> yes, he pioneered um, the low-cost index fund, um, and so um, he he has. Uh, Buffett argues, I think correctly, that he's basically done more for investors than anybody else alive, um, because he's been able to help investors just. Cut out tens of billions of dollars in fees by moving to index funds, low cost <clears throat> index funds. Precisely. So, um, so uh, Bogle was there, and um, Buffett uh, got a question about um, why he's advised his wife uh, after he passes to buy index funds, and he said, "Well, I mean, basically because um, for." For ninety some percent of investors who aren't interested in doing the kind of work and the kind of due diligence and spending the time to really understand businesses, index funds give you broad diversification. A and B, you don't have to be stressed about a specific business because it's an index fund of the entire um, market. And so the implication there was sort of like, hey, like if if you're not really that engaged, don't buy Berkshire, buy index funds. Yeah, although some people would argue that Berkshire is. You're better off buying Berkshire than your your average like single stock like a Google or an Apple just because Berkshire is very diversified as a single stock because they do own all these brands that you mentioned earlier that are in all sorts of different spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a fair enough argument. I mean, I, I would say on the flip side, you know, people who put their entire portfolio in one stock generally, it's generally not a good idea. So, uh, you know, I would I would. You know, I would I would accede to uh, to Buffett on this one and say, you know, if you're if it's one stock or an index fund, buy the index fund. Absolutely. If it's multiple stocks, well then, and you're willing to do the time and due diligence and do the research and take your lumps when you miss, um, then you know, I think I, I, I'm an individual stock investor. You are too. You know, that's kind of what we do here at the Motley Fool. Yes, I am now an individual stock <laughs> investor as of January, I believe, or February of this year. Mm-hmm. Thank you for helping me make that choice. I'm so pleased to own Gilead. <laughs> can't can't win, can't win them all in the short term. Uh, if we have a long term mindset, um, I am uh, confident in that business long term. Me too, which is why I chose to buy it. Um, Despite our, the pain. Yes, yes. 
Anyway, um, the other thing that he talked a little bit about during the conference was big trends that mm-hmm. he had noticed. Um, and one in particular that actually is could potentially be a threat to Berkshire Hathaway, which is driverless cars, yes. which you might not initially think of as a threat to, to Berkshire. But if you think about it, they make a ton of money off of Geico. That's where they get their float to invest things. And if you have driverless cars, people need less insurance. Yes. If they, driverless cars, make the world safer, it's going to be a very good thing. But it won't be a good thing for auto insurers. Like, you know, Geico. Um, and so, that's definitely a, a threat. Of course, on the on the flip side, he also, um, and, well, and he highlighted another threat, actually, um, to uh, Berkshire's business, uh, BNSF, the uh, freight railroad, um, that basically coal is in a long-term decline. Um, and, you know, people talk about bringing coal back and stuff like that, but just economically speaking, it's it, it appears that it's just not going to happen uh, over the long term. And so, um, you know, freight railways like BNSF are going to suffer as a result, and they are looking for other things to carry um, instead of coal. So that's going to be an issue too. On the flip side, you know, there were some there were some positives. Um, one thing he highlighted was AI, and he said, you know, he sees a lot of real opportunity in AI. Now, what you know, th- does that mean Warren Buffett's going to invest in AI? I don't know. You <laughs> don't know. Nobody knows. Warren Buffett probably doesn't know right now. Um, but um, you can think about a lot of really good implications there for insurance. You know, imagine if your actuarial tables are are built out um, by a computer that you know just is able to to find just a little bit more efficiency than the average human being. You know, there, there's a lot of opportunity um, if used correctly, and he was definitely very bullish on it as a uh, as a concept in the coming decades. Definitely, and actually, just to get back to the coal thing real quick, um, even though he's not very bullish on coal, mm-hmm. he is pretty bullish on renewable energy, right? And they're making some investments in that space. Incredibly, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's Berkshire Hathaway Energy, um, and they are a a big wind and solar provider. So. There's or a lot of wind provider. There's right. a lot of wind in Nebraska. Yes. <laughs> so much wind. No one told me. I lived in Nebraska for background. I lived there for two years, and no one. Everyone's like, "Oh, it's going to be so cold. You're going to be so miserable." No one told me about the wind. Yeah. No one. It's a lot of wind. So much wind. It makes it so much worse. And I had to buy shorts to put underneath all my dresses just in case to make it all PG, cool while I was in <laughs> in Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> A little embarrassing. I'm so sorry. I told you that, listeners, but you can share in my shame now. <laughs> and uh, and when it when it uh, when it comes down to it, I mean, uh, Berkshire Hathaway Energy has been able to uh, deliver energy cheaper than in um, connected states and um, and from competitors. And so there's you know a real opportunity for them to kind of dig out a moat for themselves in renewable. And Definitely. that's something that they're pushing pretty hard. Yeah. And then the other thing, um, talking about transportation and coal and using energy is the airline industry. Yes. Um, so, Buffett was asked questions about the airline industry, especially given the United incident. That's not surprising. And just for background, Berkshire owns four of the major yeah. airlines. Parts of the big four. Yeah. And um, essentially, uh, he and Munger, it was funny because it's one of those things where um, they two-thirds of their energy, of their answer uh, to question, answers to questions about the airlines were saying that it's not a great business. Um, and then one third was like, well, but here's why we decided to invest. <laughs> and so um, it's clear that they don't, it seems to me that they don't feel airlines are necessarily a home run um, or a grand slam, but they see it as sort of a, a single double kind of opportunity where um, you've got um, passenger miles will increase over time in the coming five to 10 years, is their guess. And so if that's the case, because of increasing globalization and people working and more travel all and over the world, all yep. yeah, and if so, then 
airlines should benefit because you know they carry those people, and therefore they bought the big four. And they bought the big four not because um, they thought that they're necessarily the best positioned. It's just that they wanted broad diversification and hadn't identified a single company that really seemed likely to disproportionately win. That's fair. Hedging your bets, everyone does it. Yeah, um, including Warren Buffett. Including Warren Buffett. Uh, listeners, just in case you're curious about how Warren Buffett decides to purchase a company, to actually acquire a company, we have um, a couple articles that talk about it. Uh, just hit me up at industryfocusatful.com and I will definitely send them to you. Um, I think that pretty much covers everything, but this is fun because we're the fool. So, two yeah. questions for you. What was the funniest thing that happened while you were there? Um, I've got to say, the funny. The f- <laughs> Um, one uh, one shareholder, uh, she got up and uh, she said, "My question is, um, do you are, 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 do you know any eligible bachelors?" Um, and <laughs> there was this possible <laughs> sort of laugh, and she was like, "No, but really," uh, and and really, she had a question about Bank of America warrants, which is a very good, very thoughtful question. But it was just a nice little moment where everyone, you know, and where you know Buffett and Munger are both like, uh, "I mean." Uh, we're sure you're wonderful. Uh, what do, uh, you know, just sort of. Like, what do you say to that in an arena of you know twenty, thirty thousand people? And it's also great to me because I love Nebraskans, but um, sometimes they're a little bit more bashful than us than us East Coasters. Um, so I can just imagine like the looks on their faces, like oh. Oh no! <laughs> they, they handled it very well, uh, and 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 it was it was funny. It was it was a, it was a good it was a good conversation. Yeah. Um, okay. So, how about what was your what was a really cool thing that you did while you were in Omaha? Um, really cool. Uh, you know, I re, re, reading a, reading a ten k in my spare time is my idea of fun. So I'm not <laughs> sure uh, what really cool qualifies as. Um, so it was really nice to go to uh, Garotz, which is the steakhouse that. Uh, Buffett recommends in his annual share uh, in his annual letter to shareholders. Um, he's been recommending it every year since '95, um, and uh, and have sort of like the what he specifically recommends, which is the 22 ounce T-bone and the um, hash browns, and it was very good. Um, my colleague uh, Anna and I uh, we went we went together. Um, we took a four hour walk afterwards uh, to kind of settle <laughs> to settle everything. Um, but it was uh, a really cool experience, and uh, we got to meet the owner, really nice guy. Uh, I think uh, I, I want to say a school classmate of Buffett's, um, and so that was just really fun and just sort of think through like, gosh, you know, what things have probably happened, you know, in, in this restaurant that like Buffett had, you know, this idea or bought precision cast bars or Apple or, or whoever based on it. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's really cool. Warren Buffett is is just a super interesting guy. For listeners who aren't very familiar with him, he actually lives in the same house that he bought like back in the sixties in Mm -hmm. this neighborhood in Omaha. Um, it's just a nice little house. I've walked past it before. Um, I really, this make me really miss Nebraska, Michael. <laughs> well, sorry, and also yay. I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure how to react to that. I just, but. Uh, I'm getting feelings of nostalgia. Um, hello to everyone at Captain Jack's. I don't think you listen to my podcast, but you employed me while I was in grad school. Thanks for the tips and thanks for the beers. <laughs> um, but anyway, thank you so much for coming and talking to us about Berkshire Hathaway. I really appreciate it. Sure. Um, 
listeners, if you have any questions for us, like I've said, I think I've pitched our email about a million times this episode, but I'm just so excited to hear from you guys. And one more time, that's industryfocus at fool.com. <laughs> that's good with a good with a good baritone. Well, I was trying for like the radio voice, you know, smooth jazz, <laughs> industry focus. Oh yeah. Um, it's hilarious because uh, Christine Harges, who does the healthcare podcast, she doesn't actually sound like that in real life. I'm her roommate, so I would know. Um, but she she definitely does this like Hello, my name is Christine Hargis, and this is Industry Focus Healthcare. And she just sounds like she's on NPR, and it's, she does not. She just sounds like goofier in real life, like in a beautiful way. Don't get me wrong, but just not like that. And I, I love it. It's just like she turns into a different person as soon as she gets behind the mic. Mm-hmm. I think I sound about as goofy on the mic as I do in real life. <laughs> um. Anyway. As usual, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Um, thank you very much to Anne Henry, today's producer. I hear that you ran quite a bit recently. I did. I, I ran almost 23 miles in a weekend. Oh my gosh, that's <sighs> many miles. I was about to say, that's, that's uh, <laughs> about 18 miles more than I walked this past weekend. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, thank you both to Michael and Anne. And um, for listeners who are curious about the puzzle, um, I wanted to thank you guys for submitting stuff. That was really awesome with you for, of you. We've been actually kind of overwhelmed by the amount of email that we've gotten from you. Um, we're going to keep looking for other fun things to do in the future. Um, and we've actually already notified the 10 winners that they've gotten their answers in first. It happened maybe within five minutes of the episode, the the tech episode publishing. So we know that you didn't listen to that whole episode. We should go back and listen to it because it's, it's, I'm sure it's great. Um, anyone who is looking for the answers can go to the Motley Fool podcast group because we're going to post them in there this Friday. Um, you have to ask for permission to join the group, but an admin will let you in sometime soon it's chris hill chris hill will let you in sometime soon and if he doesn't you can go ahead and email him and complain to him about it um just don't email us about it (laughs) you're welcome chris um so thank you everyone very much for joining us and i hope everyone has a great week